Hello and welcome to another episode of the Successful Home Ownership Show with your host Richard McKenzie out of the greater Cincinnati area. Our company is First Inspection Services, that is spelled with the numerical 1ST at the beginning and inspections is plural. I stress the name Successful Home Ownership Show. Today's episode is especially salient on that point of successful because today's episode is housing shortage, but still the wrong house. What do you do in these situations where you really need a house as a client, as a buyer, but there ends up being just too many issues and not little issues, but big issues. That's what happened in this particular scenario. I would say what I'm going to tell you happens about once every 100 inspections, maybe 150 or even 200. And that is within the first 15 minutes, even before the client gets there, I would say even 10 minutes, we note a lot of things that just add up to large dollars. And it's unfortunate because we understand the machinations and stresses that go through both the client's mind and also the realtor's mind. The realtors, if you're listening, we do know that this is how you make your living. You don't get paid unless a house buys or sells, and it can be very stressful and very emotional for both the buyer and the realtor to have to go back to the start of the sales pipeline, and especially if there is a constrained inventory of houses in a particular price point. And for this particular house, I'm not going to say the price point, but it has a particular price point itself. And there's a shortage of houses in this price point. And it's just very unfortunate. It's, it's, it's sad. However, I would say um, for all those involved who have been through this scenario, you have what it takes. You have the patience. You have the ability. You have the God-given talent and the fortitude to make it to the closing table, to make it to the finish line. So do not give up. Do not despair. Do not quit. Push all the buttons that you need to. Make all the phone calls. Pull all the threads you need to to search for that right house. And it will happen. You just have to be patient and willing to see it through. So what happened in this particular case? Well, I have mentioned in the past that you have the big four. You have the roof, you have the foundation, you have the air conditioner, and you have the furnace. Well, all four of those, and even the electric, and an uncertainty about the attic, all came true and uh, hit us all on the same property. So as I'm walking, I unlock the door, put the tools inside, put the ladder up against the roof. It was a very high roof. It was one of these, um, not really a Cape Cod style house. It was a ranch, but it was a very high roof ranch. 
very tall, one story, and uh, it just, in the land, the slopage just didn't lend itself to a safe way to really get on the roof, so I was able to at least put the ladder against the side, and then I realized that the shingles, it's a 20-year variety, three-tab fiberglass, excuse me, fiberglass asphalt shingle roof, and the adhesion between the tabs had really been largely lost, as well as largely lost most of the granules, and the roof was definitely probably, I'd probably pin it at about 25 years old, and it's a 20-year shingle, so you can do the math. Um, <clears throat> so you had both lost adhesion and granule loss. Translates to what? Translates to it's really probably past the time of replacing this roof. So that's one thing. That's probably for this size roof, because it had a little addition on the back, I normally would probably say eight grand. I'd probably say 10. So let's just round it to 10 grand for the roof. Walking around, I see on the front where there's a crack over the front door. So I start wondering what kind of settlement I'm going to see. And behind the two yew uh, bushes, yews, uh, those are Y-E-W-A-U, uh, bushes, there's a pretty big hole in the foundation wall where they really didn't fill it back, and they should have, because um, that can let mice and, and garter snakes in there and so forth. For the high-efficiency furnace, exhaust and fresh air uh, flues, and they did not reseal that. They left a lot of concrete debris and so forth there, and um, so that really should have been cleaned out. And then I wrap around to the right side of the house, and I note that the sidewalk is sloping towards the house, and there's a side porch, and behind the side porch there's a pretty sizable patio, and the patio is sloped and dropped a good four inches, just like the sidewalk, towards the house and pushing against the house. And by the way, it's a block foundation wall. So what does that tell you? That tells you that water is really causing a lot of hydrostatic pressure on that wall. So I know that when I'm in the basement, I want to look closely at that wall. So these are the machinations going through my mind. I'm thinking, the client's not here yet. My goodness, I've, I'm not really off to a good start here. Um, and I start feeling a little bit bad because this is a, this is a student who has been in our first-time homebuyer class. And I, of course, want to make sure she has a really good education, a really good know about how to take care of this house and a really good experience. So I'm noting that the patio needs to be fixed or, or demoed. Uh, it's really hard to fix a patio unless you raise it up, but it's, if it's already pressing against the wall, you've got to cut a chunk out of that and then re-level it. And that all might add up to the same price as replacing it in the first place. So there's our mental machination there. So we wrap around to the rear of the house, and I note there's there's several stair step cracks that have been repaired with with some 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 concrete. Um, that just means sealed. That doesn't mean that the foundation is okay. It just means those appear to be sealed. And the air conditioner is at the back. And what have we said is the average age or lifespan of an air conditioner? Fifteen to twenty years. How old is this air conditioner? 25. Hmm. That tells me the roof was probably put on the same time as the air conditioner. And the air conditioner is 25 and it's 43 degrees outside in the middle of winter. So we can't run that. So we have no assurance as to its working ability, cooling ability. Nor do we know if it has any remaining life in it. 
but it is already five years past typical time of replacement. Therefore, it probably has a high 90% or more chance of needing to be replaced. So that's another three grand. As you see, things are adding up. And we already talked about patio and foundation wall. So then um, we also see that the air conditioner is kind of sitting in some uh, topsoil mudish area. And that means it probably hasn't been serviced. And the cooling coils are probably clogged up a good bit with mud. Because when rain hits our Cincinnati clay mud, it does tend to splash. And, and that tends to get that a little dirty. So that being said, we continue to wrap around the house. And so as we wrap around the side of the house, this time to the left side, it is basically the side of the tuck under garage. And there's nothing really terribly noteworthy there. There's a couple of hairline cracks that we will look at further when we're in the garage. So we're back to the front. So then we go inside the house and I'm noting with, at first glance that all the outlets appear to be two-prong. So those are ungrounded, original from 1947. I did note that the bathroom has been upgraded with a GFCI receptacle, as has the bath, excuse me, the kitchen countertop. But that does leave the outlets that need to be updated to uh, something either a GFCI or grounded, something to make safe. Um, and that needs to be done by a licensed electrician. Is that an end-of-the-world item? No. Is that something you need to do like right now? Not necessarily, but it's something that you should do for certain. So uh, then we work our way around, and, and again, because I've noted that the air conditioner's old and the roof, and I've noticed a structural need, my curiosity got the best of me, and as I traversed through the house, um, I first did look into and try to find where the attic was and noticed that the attic is absolutely sealed shut with not a couple of wood screws or drywall screws, but about 20. Typically, I, would, I don't mind removing maybe two to four screws to try to look in an attic, but when it's that many and I can tell that they've been put on with a power drill um, uh, uh, um, drill bit or screwdriver drill bit, that tends to make them really tight, and that's going to be something that probably would wear me out. Um, plus, it's above and beyond the scope of home inspection to try to do remove things of that nature. Um, so anyway, we worked our way through to the basement, and I wanted to really take a close look at these walls because of what I noted on the right side. And when I looked at the paneling that covered the wall, I put my eye to the side, and that's something that we do as an inspector, try to figure out, okay, is there pressure on the paneling also? Is the wall probably uh, bowed? Well, the paneling was curved some, telling me that there is pressure on this wall, so my suspicions, even though I can't see through the paneling, and we're definitely not destructive inspectors, we're not supposed to do that, we do strongly suspect that that wall on the right side probably has a horizontal crack on it, which is causing the paneling to be bowed to a degree. So then I looked at the front foundation wall, and sure enough, with the naked eye, I can see the top four half, uh, the top four feet or so of that wall, which is about half of the wall, is leaning forward at the top. 
And there are actually two horizontal cracks um, mm -hmm. causing that <clears throat> block foundation wall to have failed. So when you do have a horizontal crack, that means the wall has failed. Doesn't mean it can be caulked or something like that or painted over. It means it really has failed. So that absolutely needs to have further valuation by a licensed structural engineer. Why? Does that mean the home inspector didn't do their job? They're getting further evaluation? No. It means that we noted the crack. We don't know the proper prescription that needs to be prescribed by a licensed structural engineer and repaired by a proper foundation repair company. And that can take a number of different ways to repair that, none of which are cheap. So I'm probably throwing a number of about twenty to twenty-five thousand to do the right wall and the front foundation wall repairs. So as you see, these things are adding up very quickly. Now, while we're in that same room, the front furnace room, which is the front area of the basement, I went ahead and took a look at the furnace, and it is twenty-five years old. So, Richard, what's the average life of an average furnace? 20 to 25 years so it is possible that that furnace sat in a warehouse for a while and it may very likely have been put in the same time as the air conditioner they were the same brand after all so maybe the um, furnace is actually 25 years maybe not 20 maybe 26 but the average life is 20 to 25 and even though it's working fine, the cover was in the off position. Maybe it had been serviced recently, not sure. But we don't know how much remaining life is in the unit, but it definitely is at the upper end of the typical lifespan of a gas-fired furnace. How much does a furnace cost new about for that type? Hmm, about four grand. Wow, that really just adds stuff up. So as you see, the big four... The foundation, we've got issues there. The roof, we've got issues there. The furnace, we've got issues there. Air conditioner, we have issues there. So all four of the big four were hit on this in inspection. So since we saw all that in about the first 10 to 15 minutes before the client got there, what do you typically do in that case, Richard? Well, this is a client from the first time home buyer class. Not that that matters, but they do have a special place in our heart because they come in, they get a lot of information, sitting through lots of lectures from a lot of different people, trying to get educated on how to buy a house, how to stay out of trouble. We have what's called a fiduciary duty. What is fiduciary? A fiduciary is somebody who looks out for your best interest. That being the case, our job then is to help them in the biggest purchase of their life to look out for their best interest. So should I just save all these things for the end of the inspection and say, oh, by the way, we've gone through the whole inspection. We're going to charge you the full cost and there's a whole bunch of things wrong and you're probably not going to buy the house. So pay us the whole thing. No, I chose to actually give the client a choice as to somewhat of an abbreviated version and kind of end the inspection at that time and put those items in a summary page report with pictures um, of a lesser, lesser, how shall I say, oh, a lesser version, I guess, of the report. I don't really know how to say that, 
but that's what the person got and it's adequate to help them with their negotiation or getting out of the contract and I believe that was the right thing to do. Um, it also of course obviously proved to be uh, interesting material for today's podcast and therefore I chose this as the podcast material. Um, so there you have it. Uh, so anyway, there were other things in the inspection. There were several hairline cracks and stair-step cracks. It was a block foundation wall in various locations. We really didn't do much more after that, but that was enough things to add up to a situation where, in the best interest of the client, she decided um, to not buy the house. So sometimes... Home inspection isn't just to give you a stamp of approval or say, hey, everything's perfect. Sometimes it's not. And, and it, there's a lot of emotions involved in buying a house. It's a very stressful, emotional experience. There really is not a lot of logic to buying a house. You decide, I want a house. Therefore, I want to buy one. Therefore, I'm going to buy one. Therefore, I will look for a house. I will get it inspected. And I will either go forward with this particular house or not go forward. There's there's a lot of emotion about it. And if somebody is particularly at the end of their lease of of their apartment or their house that they're renting, and they have a choice of either going on month to month or if the house or place that they're renting is totally unsatisfactory and may even be unsafe, then that can be a problem too. And and. Sometimes you don't expect things to go uh, negatively at, at an inspection. However, the positive is this, this prevented um, this client from buying a money pit and, and possibly causing huge uh, damage to her uh, financial standing of all the hard work that she's done in her life. Um, so in that regard, it's very good. On a negative, it, it unfortunately um, leads to having to start over and look for a house. And in this particular housing market, it's difficult. Uh, but again, patience, very hard to come by in this society. Patience, um, trusting other people to, to help you, and uh, all those things added up. Hopefully, surrounded by the right people, um, the right efforts, um, things will work out. And I certainly hope they do. So... This has been a a shorter episode of the Successful Home Ownership Show with your host, Richard McKenzie. And until our next episode, and hopefully for this client, the next episode might be for that successful buying that right house. Um, And thank you for listening.